This is the Portland Real Estate Podcast, your number one place for anything you need to know about the Portland real estate market, along with in-depth interviews from our local real estate industry experts. Now, without further ado, here are our hosts, Tucker Merrihue from TTM Development Company and Steve Nassar from Premier Property Group. Welcome, everybody, to episode number 43 of the Portland Real Estate Podcast. We're back again this week, and uh, we took last week off. We've got a great <laughs> show. We've got a fantastic guest that Steve had in his network, and he was nice enough to spend some time with us today. But before we jump into that and give him an introduction, Steve, welcome. Maybe give us a little rundown of what's going on with you this week. Well, first of all, Tucker, great to be back. You and I got together for coffee, and we That's came up right. with a hit list of some power players in the real estate industry that we want to get on some future shows. And we do have one of them actually today. So I'm excited and we'll be introducing him here shortly. Just to kind of go into it on the brokerage side. First of all, we have a lot going on period right now, both on the broker side and brokerage side. It's just that time of year. It's midsummer. There's golf tournaments, there's Street of Dreams coming up, there's just so much going on. So it's an exciting time of year. But just to kind of cover a few things, I mean, we're getting ready at Premier Property Group, we're getting ready to open two offices. I've been talking about this quite a bit on our podcast. Well, the day is upon us. Next Tuesday is our soft opening of our Yamhill County office there in Newburgh. It's on Deborah Street, right there. Literally, it backs to the drive-in theater. From the parking lot, you can see the back of the screen. It's kind of a cool, iconic location. It's a beautiful, beautiful building. We've done a fantastic build-out on it. And so I, along with some of others of the owners and some executives and a whole bunch of Yamhill County people, will be there next Tuesday. That's Tuesday the 19th, I believe, is the date. And it's from 11 to 3 in the afternoon. It's designed to be around broker tour. So agents in the Yamhill County area can do their broker tour, and then they can pop into our new office, check us out. We'd love to have any agents in, in the area, as well as escrow officers, lenders. We'll be serving food. It's going to be a really good time, and it's just going to be a great way to showcase Premier Property Group's expansion into a very neat and cool market, That one that I'm very familiar with, having a lot of family out that way. A couple things going on on the brokerage side. We're really excited. Next week is a big golf tournament there at Langdon Farms. It's going to be on Thursday, and that's probably one of the biggest real estate golf tournaments sponsored by the Home Foundation. Premier Property Group's really, really excited about what we have going on at this one. We'd love to see any of our listeners who are at the event come by our booth. I'm actually playing in the tournament, so I won't be manning the booth per se, but we do have a fantastic group that will be. We're on the 17th hole, which is a par 3 we're doing some really cool stuff. We're bringing a drone out. Wow. <laughs> so I'm going to give everybody kind of a, a sneak preview of what we're doing. I got to do this here recently myself through a good friend and contact of mine. He helps us with our marketing, and he obviously we use a drone in a lot of our real estate advertising and the videos and still shots that we create. I went golfing with him, got some really cool footage while golfing from the air. It's really cutting edge. It's really professional looking. It kind of makes you feel like you're a pro until until you see your swing. <laughs> but it's a really cool concept. And so we're bringing that to the tournament next week. We're going to have that at our hole. Langdon Farms has cleared this. So as the various foursomes come through on this par three, they'll have the ability to get themselves filmed from a drone 
play the whole, and then we'll grab email addresses and shoot them the footage if they'd like. So we're doing that next week. And then, of course, Street of Dreams is coming quickly upon us. Block Party, I don't know if you got your tickets, Tucker, but I've got mine. I don't yet. <laughs> They're <laughs> but, still uh, available. They're I, still available. I, you got to move fast, though. Yeah. I'd love to see you there. I, and I so would. that's in a couple weeks as well. So, And this is going to be just such a great Street of Dreams. We've talked about it numerous times. We've interviewed a lot of the players in it and really excited about that. On the broker side, real quick, I have one thing, and I actually, it's a question for you. I'm hoping you can help me out with this, okay? All right, shoot. I've got a scenario with a builder right now. I, I literally, in fact, I was a little late to getting into the office today because I'm dealing with it, and I'm, I'm sending out some emails, kind of addressing it myself. One of my buyer's agents pulled me in on this. So we went into contract several months ago with one of our buyer clients. We sold their house in Westland. They're buying a house. They're building a house in Happy Valley with a smaller sized local builder, nothing like a national builder or anything like that. Early on, he was doing some upgrades. So they countered back when we were in, still in negotiations. They countered back and they said, we want $15,000 earnest money because of the upgrades and we want you to release it. So we're pretty tied to this deal. And that, that kind of comes into play with my question. So we had scheduled a close date. So, you know, the house to be done and closed two days from now, July 15th. And we were told everything was fine every step of the way until about the last week. Hmm. When all of a sudden now we are being told that the subs are behind, it's not going to close on time, and we're looking like we could be two, three weeks out. My buyer was in temporary housing, and he actually let it lapse. I mean, he, he doesn't have the opportunity to extend for another month, so he's in a terrible spot. So we're going back to the builder. I mean, we're trying to, you know, there's, it is what it is. It's not like we can force them to build it faster, but we've nicely asked repeatedly, help make this right for our our buyer. You know, we need some kind of credit towards closing costs. You know, this isn't our doing. And they're pretty much stonewalling us at this point and saying, too bad, so sad. So how long is the push supposedly from when they said they're going to be done versus what they were supposed to be? Two, three weeks. Two, three weeks, okay. And you didn't hear anything about this until a week ago. Just in the last week, yeah. <clears throat> so I guess my question is, it feels like we have no leverage and we're just at the mercy of these guys, their timelines, and whether they want to do anything nice for us or not. Am I right or wrong in that? And what, well, what's your thoughts? If the, you were in The short answer is you kind of got the short end of the stick. Now, the long answer is they mismanaged expectations pretty terribly. And, you know, this should have been something that could have been seen probably a week or two, probably two weeks prior. You know, obviously you've got your punch out schedule. You've got guys, you know, I understand the sub thing because we're doing, and we'll talk about this before we bring on our guests, we're brewing a, a punch list for a closing that we've got on the 15th also. But fortunately, you know, we've got a, a strong enough relationship with all of our subs. We've done, you know, a lot of work with them for years and years and years. They're almost like family. So we're able to get them in as you know, uh, emergency type situations. Hey, we got to get this done to meet a closing day, right? So the thing is, is I don't know if the builder has those relationships. I don't know if he's the type builder that cycles through subs and just tries to find the next cheapest guy or the guy that's available or whatever. It's hard to get guys that you don't have a long-term relationship with to, to push their other schedule to come do stuff for you. So it's either partly that and partly they're just not good at scheduling and they're mismanaging and or they're just terrible at scheduling and, and communication. So I don't know. It could be a combination of those. In terms of your buyer, I feel for them. You know, there's not really much that you can do if the house isn't done, the house isn't done, right? So, sure. you know, it's, it sucks that they're not 
feeling for them. I mean, we've got, so exa- for example, we've got a uh, house on Noss Road, right? It's a big, nice, expensive house. It's not a custom, it's a spec, but it's pre-sold. We have a close date of September 15th. And the couple's moving up here from California. We need to meet that close date, right? Because if we don't, we run into a situation like you're in right now, where people are in temporary housing, tensions are high, emotions are flying, you know, what the hell do we do with all of our stuff? So we're in July, we're preemptively on everybody's you know what saying we have to meet this close date. So this is what it's going to be. And you just kind of have to manage your projects accordingly if you have hard close dates like that. And so it just sounds like for whatever reason, it wasn't managed properly and the communication lapsed. I'm not even so much questioning that. I guess it's just frustrating for me because if the shoe was on the other foot and the house was done and the buyer couldn't close for a couple of weeks for whatever reason, you better believe there would be a per diem. I mean, that would, there'd be like, yeah, we'll extend, but here's what you're going to sign and here's how much you're going to pay per day. It's frustrating that when the roles are reversed, we don't have that ability. I guess if we hadn't released earnest money, you know, but that was something they pushed so heavily for. And, you know, we got it. You're, you're doing a lot of upgrades on this house. So, yeah, I was hoping you had a silver bullet for me, but I, I'm not surprised that there isn't one. I guess we just have to power through it and do the best we can and I think managing power, the situation. Yeah. That's you got to ride the real estate roller coaster on that. That's kind of what it is. But, you know, I I do feel for you. We have a very similar situation. I do have a situation this week, though, that I want your take on it. So I'm going to ping pong it back at you here. We've got a closing on Friday. You know, the the buyer's agent, lover, nice gal. I won't name her name, but she probably knows who she is if she listens to the show. Her buyer's a little challenging, you know, and that's just I get it. I understand people are buying nice homes. They can be challenging at times. We're prepared to deal with that. We're through that part of it, but we had to do some kind of knickknack repair stuff on the drywall. He was very tedious about, you know, uh, being able to see a small nail head or something, not the actual nail head, but there's in drywall and new construction, sometimes there's small nail pops or little bulges or imperfections in the drywall. And so we agreed to satisfy his uh, repair den request and remove some of these that are in the stairwell, which, you know, is normal a lot of the times. So we did it. And today, painters are back there to, you know, paint the wall where we did the drywall repairs. It's all it's been spackled. It's been uh, textured. It looks like the wall, except for it needs a little bit of paint on it. Right now, the appraiser came out last week. We had to take the shower apart to fix some tiles in it to add some additional slope to them, things like that. So she had to come back this week to do a 442 on the shower, which is done. She came back this morning and she got all huffy and puffy and walked right out and said that she can't do the 442 today because there isn't paint up on the wall where the drywall patches happened. And so she's pushing our transaction and wouldn't do the 442 today so that we can close tomorrow because even though the painters were there and it's just paint, she wouldn't do her 442. So I'm bouncing this back to you. Would you also want to punch her right in the face? (laughs) Woman, I'm not going to punch her, but we're talking, uh, you know, just (laughs) fictitiously speaking here. Of course. It's very frustrating for my guys on site. And when I got the call, I, I almost couldn't believe it. Yeah, that's incredibly frustrating. First of all, I have a little factoid for you. Did you know it's no longer called a 442? I did not know that. Maybe I need my Jeopardy knowledge here. What is yeah, it? Yeah, they changed that. It, it, I mean, because I'm, I'm old school like you. We've been around the mortgage lingo for, what, dozen plus years, and it was always a 442 when you sent the appraiser back out. They have changed it. I don't know what the new name is. I just know that when I've said 442 recently, they've, I've been informed that they, they changed it. But that's neither here nor there. No, that's frustrating. I mean, frustrating for a couple of reasons. First of all, what kind of loan is this? So very small loan. It's like a hundred. It's a very small loan compared to a million dollar purchase price. So it's like a 20% LTV. So it's it's a conventional. Yeah. Oh, man. First of all, I mean, the fact that paint is an issue. I mean, not having paint period is an issue is frustrating. 
But then to put on top of that, that the painters are there. So there's all the confidence in the world. It's no longer going to be an issue in the very near future. That's absurd. Yeah. Well, it, it's also part of the uh, repair denim. So obviously it's got to be done before the buyers are satisfied yeah. to close, right? So it just seems to me that this particular appraiser is kind of super, I call some realtors super realtors, right? Because they, they overcomplicate things and they try and do things that are outside of what they should be doing and it just makes transactions worse. I have now found a super appraiser that is doing the same thing, but I've got an email to read you. And I, I'm curious, we're going to play a little game here of what do you think this word means? And Bill, you can jump into, I know we haven't introduced you yet, but if you know what this means, jump in and tell me because I, when I got this email, I, I had to Google it because I guess I'm not all that educated. I don't know what these words mean. So uh, the appraiser sent an email to us basically asking about the exterior of one of our homes compared to the other. And the appraiser said, the exterior fenestration looks superior to me, but I might be incorrect. So the word is fenestration. What do you think fenestration means? I have no idea. And I'm pretty good with words. I write a lot. I know my, my lingo. Bill, any guesses? You know what? I jumped straight to Google. Okay. Uh, <laughs> it's the arrangement of doors and windows on the elevation of a building or home. That's a $10 word. Yeah. Would you ever think an appraiser would send you an email with the word fenestration in it? No, no. She is a super appraiser. I'm with you on that. Yeah. yeah. And it rhymes with the word, you know, that we won't mention, but uh, it's not <laughs> but, uh, anyway, that aside, we'll probably close. And I'm on the real estate roller coaster too, so I can feel for you this week. But uh, we're babbling a lot. So why don't you introduce our guest? We've already kind of brought him in here and uh, let's get into our interview. Okay, let's do this. So I'm excited to have Bill Inslee with Bear Printing on the show with us. I've been wanting to get Bill on here for a while, and, and we've finally made everything align and are able to do it today. I've known Bill for a number of years. Bear Printing is our go-to printing source here at Premier Property Group, and they just do such a fantastic job for us. They are probably the, not probably, I'm going to be definitive here. They are the number one source in real estate printing here in Portland. Many, many of our listeners, I'm sure, use Bear Printing. They just have a great operation. They have great drop-off points throughout the city so that regardless of where an agent is, they can use this source. They can use their online capabilities as, as far as creating and printing and then they can have it couriered or however they do it to the drop-off locations that's convenient for them. There's just an array of things they do. And we're going to go into it. I'm not going to give it to you all right now. In fact, that's part of our interview. So welcome to the show, Bill. Good morning. So, Bill, let's get right into this. Tell us about you and your company and the backgrounds of both, as well as when you got so closely intertwined into the real estate industry. Well, I'm a second-generation printer. I actually grew up in a traditional old metal print shop with big presses, with arms flying around. I actually started sweeping floors, emptying garbages, five, six, seven years old. All my brothers uh, helped out in my dad's company. Bear Printing was actually one of my father's clients. They were a little small mom-and-pop print shop that sold medical forms to local medical uh, doctors, primarily out of the Providence Hospital area. Right after I graduated high school, they were ready to retire and wanted to move to Central Oregon and sell Indian jewelry, hippies in every sense of the word. <laughs> so it was, uh, it was a good opportunity. I always knew I wanted to work for myself. I never wanted to be a printer, which is the, the great irony of the whole thing. This uh, opportunity presented itself to buy this little company, Bear Printing. This happened in uh, the spring of 1996. 
And if you do your math, uh, you'll realize that back in May, we just celebrated our 20th anniversary with bear printing, which was uh, really exciting for all of us and our staff and all of our clients, too. It's, uh, it's really them that's put us there. Yeah, 20 uh, years is a long time, Bill. I mean, that's, it, that's it, a, it is. I was a baby when we launched that. And that actually leads directly into how we got into real estate. When I was young, I made a lot more senseless decisions in business than I make now. And uh, we invested in digital printing. And by digital printing, what that means is uh, digital presses uh, that produce toner on sheets of paper as opposed to presses with rollers that lay down uh, ink. So we invested in digital printing very early in the late 90s. And unfortunately, investing in digital printing does not mean that customers were going to become clamoring to your door. So we had to go out into the marketplace and look for markets that needed short-run digital printing. And uh, real estate rose to the top of that short list for the need for flyers and postcards and pieces like that that were needed in, in short runs and, and often. And so we started to pursue that market in about 2000, 2001. I had a father-in-law who was a realtor, Don Smolich, with Century 21. Many of your listeners will remember him. He... Uh, kind of took us around, introduced us to some offices, and, and kind of got the ball rolling. Wow, wow that's, fan- that's, that's so interesting. Amongst other reasons, I mean, what an interesting time to be in the print industry. To get in in 96, when the internet was about one year old, if <laughs> that, if that. And you're so fortunate, Bill, because you are, you are a young, sharp guy that can evolve. And I'm sure the secret to your success, because I know a lot of, you know, other people who've just been decimated in the print industry. Would you agree with that? Absolutely. Um, I I would say like real estate, the printing industry in 15, 20 years has undergone a complete paradigm shift from being an, an entirely computerless paper industry to an entirely computer based electronic industry. Yeah. So, I mean, let's talk about that a little bit, Bill. I mean, first of all, I know your name is Bear Printing, but you guys do just so much more than that. Talk to us about some of the various marketing services and products that you guys offer in addition to printing. Uh, Bear Printing is really uh, an anachronism if you, if you look at it. It's, uh, it's, it's an old name that doesn't fit what we truly do, but it's, uh, it's what we market. What Bear Printing offers really is a combination of services and a platform. Uh, with our web-based system, we produce – let me actually just say, we, we create a platform that allows our users to produce their marketing materials and to get them to us in a, in a seamless fashion. So from that standpoint, we produce a product that's received through that service. But on the flip side of that is all of the electronic tools available with that online system. Uh, it's both a print and web-enabled system. We call it a cross-media program. So anything created within our online system is also usable anywhere electronically. So our users are able to take their flyers or postcards or any marketing material they create and forward those out via email, use them on their social media, different types of campaigns, things like that. That's fantastic. And you recently made another acquisition, didn't you? We did last summer. We're coming up on a year with that one. Uh, We purchased in June of 2015 a company called The Postman. And what they are is a Colonial Post installation company. Uh, We had worked with them for the last couple of years. They handled all of our PermaFlyer installation services for us. So it really was a a natural fit to bring them under our umbrella when they were ready to uh, step out of the business. And it's definitely been an interesting ride with them. When we took it over, we we basically tore the company apart and, and rebuilt it the way Bear Printing does business. 
And it's, it's had some phenomenal growth over the last year. That's exciting. That's really, really exciting. And it's, it's such a, an important part of, of real estate. I mean, you know, every listing has a signpost. And so you can see where, where the ability to offer that solution really just fits well into your overall business strategy. So congratulations on that purchase and, that su- and the success with it so far. So- well, before you dive into another question, I just want to kind of applaud you, Bill. You know, I've obviously owned a number of businesses over the years and doing what you did to the print business where you, you don't really talk about it as a printing business, but it's more of a platform business, right? I, I think that's genius because that's probably one of the big reasons for your guys' success is you've created a platform that people can go to to use to utilize the services that you, pr- you provide. Yeah, that's the goal, and, and including uh, not, not just the everyday goal, but the, the ongoing development goal is to make that platform more powerful. Yeah, and that's fantastic. And, and that's, based, you know, that's what customers want. They want to feel comfortable using you know, platform-type businesses for things like that. So that, that's great that that's how you look at it. Yeah, and you guys are just on the cutting edge. I mean, when, whenever there's new products and offerings, uh, you guys are quick to adapt them. Obviously, you know, not everything warrants that, but do you have a, just a good instinct about you from all the conversations we've had over the years as to you know, what really is going to get traction and be a, a valuable tool to the real estate community and what isn't? Correct me if I'm wrong. I saw this on the master's group actually probably four or five months ago. Aren't you guys now doing something with printing signage as well, like one-time use signs? That's an excellent segue from uh, Postman right back over to Bear Printing and one of the reasons we purchased them. So yes, also about a year ago, we upgraded some internal hardware. We used to uh, produce our permaflyers in a very manual process. It was a, a three-layer process. It had a, a plastic board, a printed label, then that label was laminated with a, a UV-protective and scratch-resistant coating. Uh, we were only able to produce X number of those per hour, uh, and we had gotten a lot busier than that. So we invested in what's called a, a flatbed inkjet printer, dimensional. Uh, it can do uh, a 4 by 8 bed up to two inches thick. So now our process is we are direct printing those permaflyers directly onto those boards as opposed to applying a label. Still all completely UV protected. It's UV inks. They stand up extremely well to the sunlight and all the weather that Oregon throws at them. But what we realized very quickly was that this piece of equipment had a a much larger, much larger possibilities. And we started looking at some larger signage and a natural segue would be to take those permaflyers and blow them up and be able to offer uh, hanging signs that were basically just a complete custom hanging sign option for each listing. And we have been beta testing that for the last couple of months with a couple of companies. And uh, I'm thrilled to say, actually, I believe today those will go live for the public. And they run in two different offerings right now. In terms of size, they're a two foot by three foot. So they're your standard 24 inches wide, but they're taller than a normal sign. They're 36 inches high. And any of our permaflyers can be used for these hanging signs, as well as any custom design or custom templates that a company wants us to set up for them. The basic offering runs $45. Uh, That's a four millimeter Coroplast sign. So kind of the lightweight type of uh, signs you've seen. And then the heavy duty version is a six millimeter PVC sign. It was thrown out there on Masters a few months back and there, there was a lot of chatter about them. And one thing I commented on was, I think it's just such an interesting concept to have a unique sign for each listing. And not to say you have to do it for every listing, but you might have that one special listing where it warrants it. And I don't think we fully grasp how it'll be used. I think it's something that time will 
evolve ideas and implementations and tweaks to those implementations. But I think it's cool, and I think there will be a use for it. And 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 I think it's awesome that you guys are on the cutting edge of that. And it's it's a way that you are evolving because as paper printing goes, you know, less and less and less. Those are things that will replace it and will always be here to stay. So another kudos to you on just being on the front end of, of such an exciting frontier. Kind of in addition to that, I'll kind of segue off of Steve's question here. It's kind of an addition to what, you know, do you do a lot of, of direct mail marketing for agents or what would you say, you know, the bulk of your marketing for agents consists of? I'm actually really glad you asked that, Tucker, because I was going to bring that up anyway. I would say that direct mail is by far are our largest growth item in terms of products surpassed everything else. I believe that direct mail now accounts for a good 60% of all printing that we do, period. Yeah, that's great. The reason why I bring it up is because you know I've built my entire business off of direct mail, and I know that some agents use it, some agents don't. And there is a learning curve to it, so I'm sure that you know you guys probably consult with a lot of agents when they send you something to send out. You'd probably like, you sure you want to send this? You know, maybe we need to you know tweak it or you know get a better understanding of the message you're trying to convey or what kind of leads you're trying to generate. It's a fantastic way to generate leads in the real estate business, whether you're buying property, whether you're trying to get listings, you know, whatever it is. So that's not surprising that it's a big chunk of your business. Well, it, it, it absolutely is. And, and what we're really seeing, and congratulations to you for seeing that and uh, making use of it in your business, what a lot of agents sometimes miss is that when you're doing direct mail, you're not selling the property that you're marketing. You're looking for your next transaction. And continuing that in an ongoing basis, make sure those transactions continue to come in the door. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I absolutely. agree. Absolutely. Steve, absolutely. Do, you do, do you do much direct mail, Steve? I do. I do. Absolutely. If you recall, when we talked to Emil with luxury home magazines. We talked a lot about this. I mean, I think ignorant agents out there will be quick to say, oh, print marketing is is a dinosaur. It's going away. And I couldn't disagree more. It's changing to be sure, but there will always be print marketing. And the savvy agents are the ones who can identify the proper ratios of diversification within their business, where to use print, how to use print, and how to use print to drive to your digital. And they, they work so well together. You could have the best digital marketing in the world. I, mean, I laugh at some of these agents who create these unbelievably elaborate single property websites. Okay, And they're branded to them, so they can't put it in the MLS. And then how do people know it exists? You've got this website out in cyberspace that has all this wonderful stuff about you and this property, and it's got, you know, it's got the property's address and the domain name. And but who the heck knows to go to it if you don't have? And I'm not saying that that that's wrong, but the savvy agents are the ones that are identifying. Okay, if you're going to do that, great, but you've got to drive business to it. You can't put that in the MLS because it's branded. So how are people going to see it and know to go to it? It's great marketing is only great if people go to it. It doesn't matter what it is if they don't. So using print strategically in that regards, and we do that here at Premier Property Group, and Bear is our go-to source for that. We do a lot of great digital marketing. I mean, we have some of the best cutting-edge videos with drone flyovers. We've got 3D showcases. We use a, a type of single property website that can be branded and unbranded as well that we call Premier Tours. But we also have a very healthy mix of print advertising and we use bear for that we create a four-page flyer that goes in the flyer box 
that not only markets the property, but it also markets that agent and what they're able to do for that property and what they did do for that property as far as the advertising. We use Bear to create these beautiful trifold pieces. I love those. They, they look so great scattered throughout the listing. When we market them, we'd say, is it a decorative piece or is it a marketing piece? And the answer is it's both. We also use Bear Printing to create these little tiny house cards. They're basically the size of a business card. It's a little takeaway about the property that it's a small piece that people can keep on them. They throw it in their wallet. The seller can have it in their wallet. So sellers love that. They can be in the grocery store and they strike up a conversation about selling their home and somebody's like, oh, where is it at? And they can pull out this little business card and hand it to them. And oh, by the way, guess who's on the back of that? The realtor that is listing the property. So every one of those pieces has a QR code and a site a domain name that drives them to the digital marketing. So print advertising is here to stay and it's not going anywhere. It's evolving and it needs to be married very well to digital advertising and it needs to drive people to the digital advertising. I couldn't agree more. I mean, that's been the basis of our ongoing marketing machine that, you know, basically drives our entire business and has for years. So I, yeah. I think that pretty much sums it up about as perfectly as you can, Steve. But why don't you roll into the QR code? You mentioned QR codes. And I yeah, know I want to chat with Bill here. about that. Yeah. yeah. Last away. I also want to get Bill's take on this because I, I kind of gave my take on it. And I, and I know from past experience, Bill and I have similar thoughts on, on a lot of this stuff. But I mean, Bill, you know this industry so well. You work with so many different and diverse agents, very successful ones. Oftentimes, you're the one in the front lines showing them what works and what doesn't. I've teased you in the past, and I'll say it even here on air. You'd be a great realtor if you ever decided to go that path. Now, you'd probably <laughs> abandon a lot of your clients if, if you did, and it'd probably be a little problematic for you in that regards, and I don't think you have any plans of doing that. But you just understand real estate so well. You understand marketing so well. So you're right there at the cross arrows where they intersect. Talk to us about that. So before I get into QR code, Steve, I will actually tell you that at two points in my career, I've actually gone through real estate school twice. Never went and got my license, but I wanted to actually understand the market that I was selling to. And, and that was a great way to do it. But jumping into QR codes, what QR codes are, a lot of people say that they live and die by them. A lot of people say they're simply dead. My take on them is that it's neither. It's a very contextual tool both in where the consumer is using the QR code and what you're sending them, uh, where you're sending them to with that QR code. Let me first just say that a QR code is simply a transport. It's a vehicle for getting user A in the physical world to the content B in the digital world. Exactly like you say, it's, a, it's connecting that digital content to someplace in the physical world where the end user actually exists and getting those two together. So in terms of long-term use, QR codes are, are the tool for today because everyone's phone supports them. They're definitely here to stay for a while until the next technology takes it over, which I'll talk about in just a moment. We keep track of all of the QR code scans that come through our system. And what we've seen from all of that data is that uh, it's definitely being used, but it's being used in specific ways. You don't necessarily want to put a QR code on every single piece of marketing you've got. You need to understand where that piece of marketing is going to land in the consumer's day. So let's take permaflyers, for example. That's a mobile product. You're out in the field, not having access to a laptop computer. Chances are you've got your cell phone with you, and that is a good opportunity for using that tool out in the field to scan a QR code and be directed to content. If you're sitting at home 
and you've received a piece of marketing, you're quite possibly at your home office where your desk and your computer is. You're much more likely to type in a URL at that point than you are to pull out your phone and scan a QR code to go somewhere. Now, where that argument changes is in the content of what you're sending them. If you're sending them something in a QR code that says, hey, scan this QR code to view this beautiful, rich mobile preview of this home, then they might scan that and actually view that through their home. And again, if, if they're picking up your Flyer Mini in a coffee shop, they're not at their home office with their main computer. It's really, that's what I mean by contextual. It's where are they? Are they do they have access to their cell phone? Do they have access to their laptop or home computer? That makes sense. That's a good way to put it. I haven't given QR codes much thought because personally, I've never scanned one. But, you know, the way that you lay it out there, it definitely makes sense as to why you would use them. Um, yeah. Tucker, if you, if you had a compelling reason, that's where the content comes in. If right. you had a compelling reason saying, hey, scan this QR code for this latest app and you wanted that app, you're going to scan that QR code. I agree. So pushing this forward after QR codes, what comes next? Lots of technology and development. I see the next piece of technology is uh, uh, NFC codes, near-field communication codes. These are rapidly gaining prominence. A lot of people see these in like uh, little tags you attach to your keys so you can find them if you lose them. You'll see things like that out in the field. But this also works on documents as well, particularly permaflyers. It's a little sticker that goes on the back of the permaflyer. You wave your phone in front of the permaflyer, and whatever content is on that NFC chip can pop up on that, on that device. After that, you've got RFID tags, radio frequency tags. Those broadcast a little bit further, but are, are more expensive. So you won't see those on a business card anytime in the near future. Well, it sounds like you got your uh, finger on the pulse, that's for sure, of what's coming down the pipe. And, and I mean, that's, just, that's great being that you're the marketing provider for a lot of people that are using these types of technologies. And here's my take on QR codes. First of all, they don't make sense if the site that it's taking you to has such a simple URL that you would have been quicker to just type that in. Exactly. And I've seen that done. So if if the site is like, say say it's steve.com, I'm just going to use that as an example, and obviously that's a very simple site, it doesn't make sense to have a QR code taking me to that site. Because by the time I pull out my phone, I scan it, and I sit and I wait, and it takes me there, I could have typed in steve.com. Where I like them and we use them is we have very complex URLs for some of these single property sites that we put our digital marketing on. They have the URL, then they have a backslash, and then they have some some digits, and then a backslash, and then a whole nother compilation of, of lettering and code. So for somebody to sit down, and we do put that URL on the, the marketing piece, but we also understand that it's so complex and it's it's so time-consuming to do it that, that it actually could be and is quicker to use the QR code. So there's one of the reasons that I like QR codes. I fully agree. Not everyone, they're not for everyone. There are many people like you, Tucker, who've never used one. You probably don't even have the app on your phone. You're not going to use one anytime soon. But I would question anyone that says that means they're dead or that you should never use them. And recently on one of our shows, we had a similar conversation like this. And I said, look, the gauge of whether marketing is successful or not is not that you have a thousand percent success. If that was the case, no one would ever do a postcard mailing. Because if you mail a thousand postcards, you're not going to get a thousand listings ever. In fact, if you got one, you'd be thrilled. Same with a QR code. I'm not delusionally thinking that by putting it on some marketing pieces, every person that touches that marketing piece is going to scan it. But you know what? It's an option on there. And if, you know, 2%, 5%, 10% do, well, for those people, it made sense. And it was good that we had that option there. Yeah, and I, you know, disclaimer, I'm probably not the target audience for QR codes in the real estate <laughs> listing world. I just, 
I'm not the guy you're targeting. So really, my opinion doesn't mean anything in terms of their value. So just a little disclaimer. Yeah. Bill, what other cutting edge new products and services are you anticipating will be the next big thing in real estate marketing? Two answers to that. The first one is uh, one that uh, you guys leverage over at Premier Property, and that is our white label program. A lot of people don't know that the bear printing platform has uh, two components. You've got the public bear printing website, which traditionally was where all of our uh, agents went to on an individual level. But we also offer our company level platform system. And that's, that's a white label version of our site that's branded and designed specifically for an individual company. And it allows for a full custom suite of templates that's branded to that company themselves. That's been a huge growth market for us. Recently in 2016, our partner sites actually surpassed the bare printing public site in overall sales. Uh, so that means people are, are really enjoying having their own custom content for individual companies. It also gives uh, corporate a way to maintain their corporate standards in terms of branding, colors, logos, fonts, things like that, making sure it looks the way corporate wants their marketing to look. The second thing that's really cutting edge, automation. Automation, automation, automation. Over the last year, that's been actually my entire software development direction is automating the bare printing platform. From things like our active listing program, that allows you to uh, set up your profile to listen to your MLS feed and automatically create all of our different products. Uh, so basically, when uh, you have a listing go live, you can receive in your email automatically your flyer designed for you, your permaflyer designed for you, your flyer mini, all of it done right to your email, ready for you to, to proof an order. We also have an automated 12-month set-and-forget postcard system we call Client Connect. Uh, allows you to literally set up a uh, a track of postcards to go out every month for you, and uh, you never really have to think about it. And then the latest piece that I'm developing right now, uh, we've had in beta for a few months with a couple large clients, is called Neighbor Connect. And that takes our active listing program to the next level with just listed, pending, and just sold postcards. So it's a program that lets you set up and, and in the same way, listen to your feed. But as your listing goes through the different statuses, you automatically receive in your email a just listed postcard when your project goes active automatically creates the radius list around the neighborhood to mail that postcard out. You literally have one send now button that you can press in that email to send out that just listed postcard. Uh, when you receive an offer on that and you go into pending, the next postcard comes to your email and says, hey, congratulations. You, yeah. Do you have to trigger that it's pending or do, do you somehow tie to the MLS? It is. It listens to your MLS feed. As soon as that goes pending in the MLS, you get your updated postcard and got your send now button. You just sent out 50 just pending in your neighborhood. When it so closes... you guys partner up with RMLS on that? We're with RMLS. We're with all the... We're pretty much all the MLSs on the West Coast. Wow. But yes, it'll be working with RMLS. Wow. And when that uh, listing goes sold, you receive the final postcard with the sold one. And then again, same send now button goes out to that same radius list. And you're able to hit that neighborhood three different times during the scope of that listing in a completely automated way. I mean, you literally have to press three buttons. Wow. That's fantastic. That that really, really is cool stuff. Now, I will say automation is huge. I think you've seen what we've done here at Premier Property Group that has just been tremendously successful with our mark online marketing platform where any Absolutely. of our 600 agents can go to our, our online portal with a few clicks of a button. They can order everything for their, for their listing from photos to a video with drone flyover and voiceover, 3D showcase technology. They get it all onto a single property website. Then they have their, all their printed pieces designed for them by our staff using the photos that received, were received by our back end staff. And then everything's printed through bare printing. 
it's been a tremendous success. We have over a hundred of our agents using this now, and we're we're having about a hundred orders plus a month. And you got you you know this, Bill, because you you're seeing the print on your end of things. So automation is huge there. I love the automation on the postcards. In fact, I like the idea of tying that into our platform. That's that's probably another direction we're going to be going here very soon. The one thing with automation that I don't necessarily like is the fact that you have to go live first with what you were talking about. And it's a little different than what we're doing here. But the fact that you'd have to go live first in order to create your flyer or perma flyer, it'd be one of your challenges will be to figure out how to how to get around that. And I know it's a little bit challenging because you have to have that feed in order to get the photos and, and get everything. But I guess we need RMLS to come out with a coming soon, right? Yeah, technically that exists. It's simply not available to third-party vendors. Yeah, yeah. But I got, um, a, I got a quick question for you, Bill. Are you pulling all your data then directly from the RMLS systems? Is that for your mailings? Oh, absolutely. It uh, takes the data, brings the photos over. The email you receive has uh, an actual live proof of the uh, postcard right in the email, front and back of yeah. it. Uh, I, yeah, I'm just all... talking more in terms of like you, you have your radius mailing, right? And the reason why I ask is because we're – we're in the technology business as well. We've got an app that we've built for the real estate investing space, and, and we obviously utilize homeowner information and mailing addresses as part of the, what that app does for people. But obviously, if you're doing your radius mailings, you have to know who lives on any given house. So I'm assuming that RMLS is the data provider you're using to be able to pull that information and mail around any particular listing. No, we actually use a national provider called Database USA. Okay. And they provide, uh, they're, they're a leading national company for uh, uh, both commercial and residential mailing lists. So we have a, a, an API access tied into them. Okay. And, and it all happens automatically. How's their pricing for you, just out of curiosity? Is it good? Uh, honestly, unbelievable. The Radius address service, we were able to absorb the entire cost of that. We don't charge our clients for any of those address lists. That's great. And uh, Dan, did you get that name? <laughs> I'm glad I asked. Hey, Bill, I have an interesting question. This isn't a service you offer per se, but I know you're a marketing guy and you're a student of the industry like I am. What's your take on the 3D showcase technology through Matterport? Love it. Love it, love it, love it, love it. Same here. Yeah, that is such a game changer to have essentially Google Street Views within the house. Now, I mean, it's so, so possible to sell houses sight unseen with that technology. And it's just such a, I implemented it December of, 14. To put into perspective, I think it was released by Matterport that summer. So we were an early, early adopter and when nobody was using it. And I quickly, within three, four months, brought it to PPG and we started taking it mainstream throughout the company. I think most agents now, with few exceptions, are aware of it and even more so are implementing it, hopefully. And I think it's just such a game changer to be able to walk around within a house from your computer screen, go up and down stairs, cut out, see the dollhouse view, spin the house around, say, oh, what's that room? Click your mouse on that room, jump inside, look around in that room. I mean, it's just amazing technology. And I think a lot of people out there, especially people that are first and foremost realtors, you know, they're, maybe they're a little bit more focused on the contract side of things. And because as a realtor, you wear so many hats. I mean, you're everything from a, we, we joke, you're everything from a marriage counselor to a negotiator to a, you know, almost like a lawyer with regards to contract legalese. A lot of agents, the marketing component is just a a tiny little section that they barely focus on. So I think where it can be frustrating and challenging for them is where they, you know, there's so many great tools out there and which do you use, which don't you use? And 
and here's here's I'll tell you one of the secret formulas is figuring out the right mix to use them together. I think my analogy I've used many times in the past is it's like your golf bag. I think realtors make the mistake of, you know, they see Matterport and somehow they think, okay, this is everything. This is all I'm going to do. And this is the, the big next wave. Well, that would be effectively the same as getting a great driver and you're, you know, going in and out and buying a great new driver and saying, okay, this is my go-to club. I'm going to do everything from chip and putt with this. And this is all I'm going to use. A good agent and either themselves or through their company or some advisory, Bear Printing is great with helping with this as well, will find the right mix of all those different technologies, the right mix of print, the right mix of Matterport, the right mix of video. And not only will they they have the right mix, but they'll also have them talking to each other in the right manner, meaning the print drives you to the Matterport. But what we've learned is don't just drive you to the Matterport, drive you to a site that has the Matterport, but it also has a video because I'll tell you, Matterport does not show you the exterior of the house. So while it's it serves a very valuable purpose within the house, we love videos with drones to show around the house, to show the exterior of the house. The, the videos also are very powerful because they allow a voiceover. So while a, a Matterport allows somebody to walk around interactively within the house, the voiceover is something we get to control what's said and what is described about the house that we feel is going to be compelling to a buyer. So having all the right marketing, having it work well together, having it talk together in the right formula is just such an important component to success in marketing. And and Bear is just a fantastic resource for us in not only providing a lot of those services, but we learn a lot from you guys. And we feel like we've got a good grasp on that as well here at Premier Property Group, too. Yeah, yeah, I, I would say, Bill, you know your stuff, man. <laughs> we didn't know each other before the show, but I definitely say you know your stuff. So I'm yeah, glad we had you on. Thank yeah, you. so Bill, let's wrap up. Tell our listeners the best way they could go about engaging Bear Printing and incorporating you and your company into their business strategy. A couple of ways. Uh, if you're a self-starter, feel free to go visit bearprinting.com. If you're not a, a client yet, go ahead and register and uh, take a look around. We have a, a crack team of customer service personnel standing by ready to take your call. If you would prefer a personal walkthrough, feel free to call us and uh, we have people that can uh, handhold you through the site and teach you how to do everything. Perfect. Well, we'll make sure uh, Dan puts a link in the show notes too to your site so that people just want to go there. There won't be a QR code there, but they can just type <laughs> in the URL. <laughs> but uh, thanks for joining us, Bill. I think this was a great show. All right. Thank you, guys. Thank you, Steve. Thank you, Tucker. Yeah, right, guys. Thanks, Bill. Well, this wraps up episode 43. Me and Steve will see you guys next week. Thanks again for listening to our show and make sure to tune in next week for another great episode of the Portland Real Estate Podcast.